five four three two one. I'm John Miglosh for the Wisconsin DMA and the International Society for Strategic Marketing. Okay, well, we got a really super excellent article at the end by Jeff Taron from uh, Mike Gunderson's agency, and um, so hang on to that. But we're going to skip over some fun stuff as usual. Okay, Wayfair announced that their year-over-year sales for 2120 compared to 2020. Uh, were down 3.1%. Okay, and uh, that was, but it was still 50% over what they'd done in 1919. So they grow, they grew spectacularly during the uh, lockdown, and um, whether it was a pandemic or not, history will decide. But there certainly was a lockdown, and you couldn't just go look at furniture anywhere you wanted. And so um, they said it's swinging. You think of it as a pendulum. Uh, it swung. Uh, it swung way toward online selling, and then it, now it's probably swinging back. But they think that's probably stabilized by now, because you know people could go back to online shopping in uh, in fall of 2021. Okay, so Instagram is warning users who share Russian state media um, that they're gonna not like it. They're gonna they're gonna downgrade the posts and placing any stories from those outlets below content from other sources. So they're gonna shadow ban basically something they denied for a long, long time, um, but now they admit it. <laughs> And believes that this account, the accounts that create these posts may be partially or wholly under the editorial control of the Russian government. Okay, so it sounds a lot to me like, you know, the people who questioned the masks and questioned the lockdowns got banned. The people who questioned uh, universal vaccination, who questioned putting COVID patients in nursing homes, uh, COVID positives. You know, any of those things that get questioned, they get taken down. So now we're getting taken down if somebody posts something pro-Russia. Which brings me over to this uh, from Joe Mandizi. Um, uh, an ad agency guy was so moved by this video of a father saying goodbye to his daughter to put her on a train uh, to get her to safety that he did a, a promo for a Ukrainian relief which is fine. A lot of it was based on posts like this. Ukrainian says, father says goodbye to his daughter as he stays behind to fight against Russians. Okay, so anyway, I, I watched a really interesting um, news show from an Israeli news outlet. can't find it right now, and I can only search so much. But I did find multiple sources, and this was one of the most in-depth Greek City Times, <clears throat> who actually went to the trouble of comparing images from other people in what they believe to be the correct setting. Um, and the setting was that the citizens of the city of Gorlovka, which was in the Russian-controlled Donsk region, on February 21st, 2022, 24 hours before the start of war, the mayor arranged for them to board buses and 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 uh, flee and send their families, I believe, back to Russia. 
actually. So it wasn't to fight against the Russians. It was to fight against, it was to fight with the Russians, essentially. And um, this is a bus, not a train. They show other buses in the evacuation. And they went to a lot of trouble to match up logos and from other sources. And there's the same markings as the bus. And uh, so it was very, very carefully done. And I'm guessing that it's probably true compared to this little Instagram type or, you know, social media post. Which the point is, the point is, it's hard to tell what's true and what's false. But if it gets out there, somebody will give you some clue. And that's important. And if we simply downgrade or minimize or don't let, if this story gets blocked by Instagram, well, then you'll keep believing that this little girl is going, you know, to Romania or someplace and her father is going to fight the Russians like, like everybody with a brain should. Well, some people are going to fight with the Russians and some are going to fight against the Russians. And I'm not advocating either side because uh, I'm just tired of the media lying to me and, uh, because in a situation where there is a truth, uh, which there may be here, uh, it's hard to find it out. you got to work really hard. Which brings me to an excellent article by Jeff Taran. <clears throat> and Jeff actually wrote me and alerted me to this and said he was trying to think of the of <laughs> he was trying to think of the most boring article he could think of, and he's decided to focus on the return address in Disha. And that's interesting because if you remember, I, I talked about this piece the other day that came to me. And the return address in Disha actually is from Heartland, Wisconsin, my town. So, and I, so that prompted me to call uh, Luke, who ran the thing and did, this, and did this flyer, and see how he did. The flyer, he said, last year multiplied his business fourfold. He literally grew four times bigger because of this you know it's only just says local postal customer so i was pretty sure with a cool logo like that you know i'm gonna i'm gonna see if he wants he's probably gonna be really busy shortly so i want to see if he wants to go to lunch and we can talk about and i'll mark that up but anyway it was the it was the return address that clued me that that because it has to be and i learned this from jeff uh it has to be uh, legally, there has to be, the post office requires, if you're going to use a mailing permit, this is every door direct, this happens to be. If you're going to do a mailing permit, you got to have a return address. <clears throat> Could be a P.O. box, but if it were a P.O. box, that would have given Luke half the credibility. I would not really have believed that it actually was from Heartland. Now, you know, that doesn't mean there aren't ways to get return addresses that would work for you. But uh, it's a little harder in a small town. You know, we don't have a UPS store or something like that. And and I was I read an article about a guy who lived in his car for a year and now he's back to being a programmer. I mean, he was a very successful he was very successful in his career, but he had a like a, a contentious divorce. His his wife took the house and. I think because she filed some complaint, he got fired. So all of a sudden, he's jobless and has no house. And he said, the way he, you know, how do you fill out job applications with no no address? 
He said he went to a UPS store. He did two things right away. Uh, well, maybe there's three. He got a cell phone. Got, I think, or maybe he had the cell phone. But anyway, he bought a gym membership so he could get showers regular and clean up. He, which was like 35 bucks a month, and he bought a uh, he bought a post a post office box, a, not a post office box, but he went to like a UPS store and got a mailing box. And what they do is they'll say one two three Main Street, box five or something like that if you go to the if you get a, a box at the UPS store he just changed it to to uh apartment apt5 or something or suite 5 or you know whatever but he just changed the word uh and the UPS store knew what he was doing and they didn't care and so that gave him a, a street address which is the way you could do it if you wanted to have a local address on the return uh, return address now that might be a little, you know, you might go to prison for that uh, if the if the post office found out, but I doubt it. Okay, so a street address, uh, and Jeff is saying a street address is probably better than a postal box. I agree, but a PO, but a box number is probably legal at a street address, right? Because you could be apartment seven, you could be you could be suite four like I am. Okay, what does a P.O. box say about your business that you don't really exist? I mean, you sort of do. Um, I know some people got postage boxes when they when COVID hit. Ellen Cousins, I think, told me to send her something to a post office box. <laughs> there was something about that that she did to make the home office a little bit less homey. And she didn't want people knowing uh, just exact everybody to know just exactly where she lived. I think that's right. Ellen, when you watch this, you straighten that out, because I know there was something about your about about your your business address, because um, she's in Minnetonka. I think she lives in Minnetonka and my kids just moved to Minnetonka. So she was going to say hello to him for me. anyway. So she has their address. Uh, so we're playing fair. Local versus non-local return address. Again, as I said, that's what told me that this was much, was more likely to be local, even though I thought that the, the one side with very little personalization uh, to Heartland made it look to me like, like Luke was buying a flyer and then sticking his own copy on the back, which it could still be, but he, he told me it isn't, so I doubt if it is. But, you know, so we need to personalize the front of it along with the back. Show some people with hoses doing a landmark in Heartland would be a great idea. Or just show a picture of something in Heartland because that would be harder to fake, uh, although not that difficult. Okay, so um, prospects knowing the business has local presence is a plus, right? Company logo versus name. Sometimes it's better. Sometimes it's worse. If you're mailing enough, you can test it. If you're not mailing enough, you want to call somebody with significant experience and say, what do you think? And it usually has to do with the context. What are you going for? Are you trying to make it look like a government letter? <clears throat> well, then a logo would be the worst thing you could do, right? But if you're, you know, if you've got a coffee shop and it's got a cute cup of coffee on it, maybe it's okay. I don't know what the rules are of how much you can interfere, interfere with the return address, but my guess is if that's your regular logo. But if it, you know, if it's if it's if it's a circle with Jane's 
best world's best coffee coffee or something like that it'll get too small that's another thing jeff has to say you can also add the actual sender's name like if i were sending something out from the wisconsin dma i would probably put my name on it uh because you know you know me and some people wonder if there's anything besides me Yes, there is. I was on the phone with Res Responsory, uh, Grant Johnson's on the board, and I uh, was talking to them about getting more involved so that you can see somebody else. And Ron Davis is planning a golf outing, which I believe is the 21st of June. I could look that up, but we'll have more information. But mark it on your calendar. Save that date, the 21st of June. I think we're going to hold it in the Madison area so that if you're from Chicago or Wisconsin or Milwaukee or Minneapolis, it's it's still only like three three and a half hours from Minneapolis and and two and a half from Chicago and probably one and a half from Milwaukee. So uh, so we're working on that. You don't have to have a company name if you want it to look super business. Here's some reasons stealth might work if your brand is unknown or so your name is meaningless to the prospect or you are mailing a competitor's customer. Not sure how you do that exactly. But maybe Jeff knows, so give Jeff a call at, at, at Gunderson Direct. Uh, should you put it on the front or the back? The back side, not where the main address is, might give it a more upscale look or an, a, the feel of an invitation, especially if it's, you want it to look like an invitation. Like right now, I get a lot of financial planning. Come to a free dinner, except they don't take Lent into account very much. <laughs> so it's like a free steak dinner. I can't do that now for a couple months, so I have a good excuse. But, you know, that when they look more like an invitation, you know, my wife's more likely, or a, or a thank you card, my wife's more likely to open it, I have to say. Okay, the return address showing through a window makes it look more like a bill and also is a way to get the local address. All you have to do is vary the internal piece of paper that's showing through. Uh, so it's a little easier to get the variable return address done. The big point here, final word, we put a lot of emphasis on deciding who we mail to. It also pays to think about how our prospect perceives our mailing from the first glance, because that's most of what you get. Now, that's still better than most digital advertising or even TV advertising, where you don't even remember it at all. Try and remember one of the Super Bowl commercials you saw. The QR code is probably the only one you can remember which was why it was so great. So be sure to call Jeff, or if you're a member of the Wisconsin DMA, you can call me, and I'm happy to talk because that's part of my job and what I do. So join the WDMA and get your, all your questions answered for all time. Have a great day. Share. Likes are worth almost nothing, but shares are actually worth pretty good. So if you think it's a good video, hit the share button and let your friends see it. Have a great day. Bye-bye.